Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 47 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and we got something special for you today. Uh, we're going to go a little bit off the beaten path for a guy I used to hang out with um, over a decade ago. It's Brian Wilson, two-time World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants. I've lost track of him. You know, we used to, uh, we used to touch base occasionally, used to text, but had no idea where he was. Um, an agent buddy of his reached out and said, Hey, Brian would love to come on the show. I was like, gosh, this is great. Let's make this happen because he was one of the most interesting characters we have had, not only in baseball, but really in sports over the last three or four decades. So had a chance to catch up with him recently. Um, we covered everything from his first day as a San Francisco giant to winning the world series to leaving the giants, becoming a Dodger to the machine. We will certainly cover that and oh so much more. So Brian Wilson is coming your way in a show that is co-host free today, but I imagine our six co-hosts will be watching alongside with the rest of you. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, sports management worldwide. This is a company that trains you to be an MLB agent, a scout, an associate scout, a bird dog scout, a sports broadcaster, anything you need. They offer courses that are eight weeks long. They're online. They give you what you need to know and who you need to know. And it's from some of the best that have ever been involved in the game of baseball. You've got baseball player development course with uh, Dan Duquette, a former GM, a baseball agent course with MLB agent Oscar Suarez, baseball GM and scouting course with former Dodger GM Dan Evans and MLB scout Hank Jones as well. And of course, baseball analytics course with Ari Kaplan, which was taken by Kansas City Royals manager Mike Matheny. So make sure you get in, you pick the course that you want, eight weeks online. They will tell you who is hiring. They have all the connections. So they're there to help. So all you have to do is apply free at smww.com and use the discount count code ROSE for $50 off the course of your choice. You want to get involved in sports. It's not just baseball. They take care of football. They take care of basketball, hockey, everything across the sporting globe. They are the answer for you. All right, coming up right now, it is Brian Wilson, a guy who used to be a regular guest of mine on a digital show when I worked back at Fox Sports. Incoming, Brian Wilson. Should I, should I answer it? Yeah, you should answer it. Okay, hold on. Hello? Hey, pal. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> lift, lift up dubs a little more so we can see you. Well, you want to see his lower half, weirdo? I feel awkward holding this like that. Don't worry. It's not That's... fun. This I got in Australia. You did not throw that thing. Uh, yeah, I did, and I'll show you. <laughs> Didn't you go like to a foreign country to get that? You're a foreign country. Okay, I'll call you back later, all right? Bye. Bye. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's going on? Sorry about that. That's okay, no problem. Had to talk to one of my loser friends. And he is back <laughs> talking to one of his loser friends more than a decade later. World Series champion, Brian Wilson. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I am good. You know what the best part of this is? You're not wearing a vertical stripe shirt. Are you disappointed I went solid <laughs> just because? I'm actually not disappointed. <laughs> Very excited. Um, we were ahead of our time, were we not, when we did that little uh, Cheap Seats digital show on FoxSports.com? I think... Whoever's idea that was, genius. You were, I always explain, you were the star of the show. I just merely rode your coattails. 
but it was fun. It was fun, and I appreciated it. Every other week, I'd call you and be like, "Do you mind coming on?" You'd be like, "Yeah, why not?" Yeah, of course. We're you know, little did I know we were going to win a World Series that year. Amazing, amazing. Cool. But we got Pretty a lot cool. of ground to cover, and I really appreciate you taking some time. First Absolutely. of all, where are you in life? Oh. Mentally, physically, emotionally. Everything. We want to know everything because you have been one of the most fascinating athletes over the last 30 years. People want to know what is Brian Wilson doing right now? Well, I was late to the show because I was playing chess. Mm -hmm. So that's still going on. Um, physically, I'm doing great. Feel good. Uh, last, what, I haven't pitched in seven years. I actually pitched last week or two weeks ago, went down and pitched against this college summer league, just kind of staying in shape, throwing all the time, just, in, just in case, I don't know, just in case somebody needs the old knuckleball. Are you serious at age? You're 39, correct? 39. Correct. You would seriously contemplate a comeback? Well, it wouldn't be a comeback because I never retired. I didn't go anywhere. Just been kind of hanging out waiting have you been waiting seriously for somebody to call like is that still a dream of yours to compete no 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 i'm not waiting around i'm not waiting around for a call i'm just saying i never retired so it's not like got it i laughed um i'm building homes so i started this uh project about like four years ago and um uh, partnering up with someone and building more homes um it's been a that's been my true passion. Um, I was going to be an architect if baseball didn't work out. Baseball worked out, didn't become an architect. So I figured, well, I still want to do house design. So I don't need a degree for that. So what do you do? Do you actually like walk into a home, give it a vision, tear it down? What? Tell me what you do. Uh, mainly it starts with the property. So out here in LA, you're trying to find views. Now I could care less what the neighborhood is or the comps. I always like to find the view because when a house buyer comes in, if he's buying it because of the neighborhood, why do you care who your neighbors are? It's supposed to be your home. So I go for the view first, then from there, find an actual architect and tell him exactly what my idea is, what the things I would like in the home. We kind of collaborate. And then from there, they're the stars of the show. They take off. They do all sorts of things. Uh, get the permits, plans, uh, engineering, mechanical. And um, then we go for the materials, which is the fun part. And we pick out all the things that I think I like, not what I think a thousand buyers would like, because you only need one. I'm not trying to build a home for 10,000 buyers. I'm going to build it for one person. They say, hey, man, that might be a little too specific, but that's just what I have to do. I like to build things that I would live in. So therefore I think other people would like it. Do you love what you do now? Are you passionate? hundred percent. Yeah. I love Are it. you happy? I'm happy. Yeah, of course. Got some joy in my life. You want to expand on that? What's the joy? What brings you joy these days? What brings me joy? Well, my faith. Okay. Uh, my faith brings me joy, knowing that uh, I can always be guided by God and that I don't have to rest on my own self-will, which is something I did for 
a lot of my life. I just figured I can make it happen. I can create things. And I found out the hard way. Can't do it. You can only get so far. So are you talking about during your playing days, were you not as happy as you perceived, as we perceived you to be back in the day? I would say I was constantly searching for what made me feel good. And that was just probably not the best of guidelines. Um, granted, I had, I had a pretty good time. But as far as like happiness, no, I think there was always something just a little bit missing, you know. Um, but I didn't want to be ruled by the God of my stomach, which is, oh, this makes me feel good. Therefore, I should do it. That's not where I'm at now. Was there pressure once you became the beard and the guy in the commercials and the guy we saw on college game day and the guy we saw on the tonight show with Jay Leno and George Lopez's late night show? Was there pressure to continue to be that guy once that persona became available for public consumption? You know, that's an interesting question because I just decided to grow the beard because I literally forgot to shave over a road trip. and was like, let me just clean up the neck. Um, it actually started like this. Just a couple of days, clean up the neck. And from there, it, it took off from the media, just one interview. So I was like, okay, well, that's, that's your call. I mean, playoff beards and hockey are literally the go-to thing. I didn't invent the beard. I just decided to grow one. Um, there was also another guy in the league, uh, Worth. He had a beard. I was like, that looks pretty good. I think I might want to grow that. As far as pressure, I think pressure is more um, self-perception. So you can put pressure on yourself. I don't think there was any pressure put on me. I think I probably applied the pressure to myself, which is this is kind of fun. Let's ride this out. Um, I still kept saying it's just a beard. It's nothing magical. Uh, I might have used magical at one point. I don't remember. It was so far, so far ago in the past. But I think um, for the most part, I enjoyed what was happening. And I was just, I guess, extending that period by doing the interviews and kind of living up to that. How crazy was it being Brian Wilson back then? It wasn't that crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was only San Francisco that it's not like, you know, I could walk around in Cincinnati or New York and get mobbed. It's not like I was an absolute stud. I just had a facial hair that was recognizable in certain cities. And because you know, that was the perception, it. Brian. That was the perception was that my God, like he has become the, the beard has become the face of baseball. And like, you couldn't go anywhere without having to be Brian Wilson and have to be on 24 seven. Well, here's the thing, like uh, for my personality and because I wasn't really uh, God led, that was me. It wasn't, I don't think I was on. So like what I would normally say is without the beard, I was still me, but the spotlight wasn't ever on me. I was still the same guy I just had a beard now and now the camera was on me it's not like I asked before the game hey can you guys follow me in the dugout while I do strange things it's like I was doing those things forever I just happen to have been raised up now and uh 
the spotlight was on. Were you always that way? Like you came up with San Francisco, I believe in 2006. Yeah. Were you always a big personality from the get-go in the majors or were you really quiet and reserved? when? No, you no, no, no. Up? I was an absolute wild man. Um, coming up through the rigs to the giant system. I was, uh, was a loose cannon. I had to, I had to clean it up a little bit in 2005, which was essentially uh, a great year, which was my run to uh, break in with the Giants the next year. I ended up uh, going from low A to double A to triple A that year. Uh, just because my, my reputation um, was getting around that I, I, uh, I liked to, I don't know, I was just more of a rebel. So I was like, yeah, I should probably clean that up. I don't think I want my rebellion to get in the way of my career that hasn't started yet. What were you doing? Chris, that's personal. Okay. Those are personal questions. It's just me. It's just me. Just me. Chris. Uh, I, I, I just didn't respect authoritative figures. Hmm. So I was doing my own thing. It was like, Hey, Brian, you're on foul ball duty. So an hour later, um, one of the coaches, Wilson, left-handed pitcher in the big leagues, he'd always be on Brian duty, which is find out where Brian's at. And I was in the gym, always lifting, uh, never doing foul ball duty. And he came back there, he screamed at me. And he's like, well, why aren't you on foul ball duty? I'm like, dude, foul ball duty? Like, no, I'm getting better. <laughs> like, How are you getting better? You're doing bench press. I don't know, but I'm getting better somehow. Just things like that. I didn't really, um, I didn't really listen that well. Uh, I was still coachable, but I didn't listen. So it's a weird dynamic there. So I had to kind of clean that up for sure. So with that being said, how was your relationship with Bruce Bochy? We were fine. Um, well, it wasn't fine in the beginning because I didn't make the team in 2007. So I was like, I don't know about Bruce right now. He doesn't like me. He doesn't want me on the team. Um, and I actually had a beard then. But because of the minor league policy, I had to shave it. And I was sent down on April 1st. So I thought, this must be a joke. This must be, ah, April Fool's, Brian, we got you. But I didn't get called up until August of that year. Uh, Bruce and I were fine. Uh, he was a great coach, good manager, good manager, good players coach. Always had good pump up speeches. Never really talked bad. He's just he's just a legend. Well, At least that was from my perspective. We're going to have to ask him the same question. <laughs> I bet you he would probably say the same thing about you. Yeah, I'd hope so. You probably would say something like, "Well, uh, you know, <laughs> Brian was a uh, he was a." Uh, he was different now he, uh, <laughs> when he came, when he came in, he, uh, he had work to do and he knew how to do it. And, uh, for those few years, there's probably nobody in baseball. I would rather have given the, the ball to than Brian Wilson. Oh, wow. That's thank you. Bruce Pochi impersonation. I appreciate it. <laughs> was there a veteran when you got up to the league that either, had to set you straight or that you really appreciated being your mentor? Dude, when I got in the league, the, in, the entire, the entire league was veterans. My entire team was veterans. Do you remember that lineup? Do you remember that team? 2006. Let's see. We had uh, Mike Matheny as my catcher. 
Um, we had Klesko at first, Moises Alou, Barry Bonds, Ray Durham, Randy oh Wynn, God. Richard Relia, Dave Roberts, uh, Omar Vizquel. I believe Todd Green was the backup. We had Jeff Vicero, um, Matty Morris. Old school guys, dude. <laughs> we had some absolute men when I came up. Honestly, when I got up, I was just like, okay, everyone's so much older than I am. They're extremely mature. I remember watching these dudes when I was a kid. Uh, I want to go back to AAA where my friends are. Were but you Richard, scared? Bill, Richard Billia was uh, one guy that I, I took a, a strong liking to. And honestly, yeah. it was because at first it was because he had an amazing shirt. So he had a dress shirt, but when you looked closely, they were tiny little spiders. And I thought, that is amazing. So he, every time he wore his spider shirt, I just got so excited. Were you scared when you first got up there? Intimidated, I guess, is probably the better word. Um, no, because I still kind of... I still kind of went to the beat of my own drum. So uh, scared... I think I was scared to fail. I wasn't scared of my teammates. I wasn't scared of the actual game. Um, so I tore my oblique and my second and my first appearance in Colorado. So, hey, welcome to the big leagues. You're going on the disabled list. Sweet. So my second appearance, like 23 days later, was against the Cardinals. And the Cardinals tried to get cute and do a, uh, a sacrifice squeeze on me. And guy was at third, guy starts breaking for home. Matheny called an outside fastball, and I just chucked it as hard as I could because that's all I knew. And it went up and in, and the guy tried to square and bunt, and he missed it. And we got in a pickle, and I got the guy out at third. And I'm like, oh, man, that was so exciting. Like, that guy's not going to score anymore because he's out. So I go back to the mound, and I turn back, and Matheny is, like, right in my face. <laughs> he just looks at me. And uh, we won't repeat the exact language, but he just looks at me and says, throw the ball where I call it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, if I threw the ball on the outside corner, I'd probably just get out the run. I don't know what he's talking about, but he's very intimidating. So I'm definitely going to listen to him. So I was like, yes, sir. You got it. <laughs> How was Barry Bonds in the clubhouse with you? Barry Bonds was great. Uh, we actually played chess uh, before the games. Um, he was totally fine. He was he was uh, he was pretty funny, um, pretty serious as well. And I, you know, I couldn't imagine being Barry Bonds. You know, like he was about to break the home run record the next year. Everybody in the media was following him around. Like our clubhouse was absolutely packed. Um, but for the most part with me, he was totally cool. Yeah. Do you think he hated baseball during that time or because it was so pressure packed for him? Could you get that vibe or no? Um, no, I couldn't, I couldn't speak on that. I couldn't, I couldn't tell where someone's heart is, whether they hated something or didn't like it. I mean, got it. He was very talented and it just seemed like he was in his element. Baseball just seemed like that was his element for sure. Does it bother you that when we bring up the name Brian Wilson, that more people would like to talk about the beard, the commercials, the marketing, 
all that sort of stuff, rather than the fact you were a three-time all-star closer? Oh, I don't care uh, how you uh, want to talk about me. If you want to talk about the beard, if you want to talk about bobbleheads, whatever, it's all good. I mean, that's exactly who I was. Yeah, there you go. That's the first one right there. That's the clean-shaven Brian Wilson bobblehead. The clean-shaven with the little flavor savey. Yeah, looks good. I dyed that, too, because it grows blonde right here. Oh, as you can see, it grows oh, yeah. blonde. Wait yeah. a second. You said you dyed that. So you did dye the beard. Yeah, that was known fact. Okay, just making sure. It was shoe polish. Like, people thought, yeah, I'd, I mean, shoe polish? Come on. It would have it ran. It would have got weird. Yeah. By the way, you missed my beard by 24 hours. <sighs> Thanks for cleaning it up. Thank you. I really <laughs> wish it was there. Do you? Yeah, I don't think I've seen you with facial hair. I'd never had it until the uh, until the quarantine last year. And my wife was like, you're not doing anything on TV. Grow it out. I grew it out and I lost 30 pounds. She was like, this is great. I've got like a new human living with me. This is great. New new boyfriend. Now what can we do about your personality? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Beards and personalities. They just, they don't mix. Uh, She would be jealous of your hair though, because she would be, she would say there, there's my beard, by the way. John boy media. Yeah, that's where we are. It's you look nice giant home. in that photo. Like, like fat? Look, or? Not, no, I would have said fat, giant as in tall. Well, compared to the rest of my coworkers, I am kind of tall. I, you know, that's part of the reason I like being here at John Boy. No offense, coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the beard actually turned out pretty well. I was, I was happy with it. It got gray quickly, though. Gosh almighty. Hey, just for men. That's what they got that for. But my wife would be jealous. She said I would have to get massive hair extensions to get hair that looks like Brian Wilson right now. When was the last really? time you cut it? Mm, I don't know, a couple months ago. Just kind of get the ends a little bit. When it gets it. a little, uh, when it gets a little stringy at the end because they don't all grow at the same rate. Yeah, I didn't know if you were like a a bassist for Rat now or something with that because it looks <laughs> like you could fit right in, man. Bassist for Rat. Uh, what's their song? Round and round. Yes. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good jam. That is good. That is good. We'll be right back to this episode of the Chris Rose Rotation, but first a quick word from DraftKings. The DraftKings Sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. And speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just. For the listeners of this show, listen to this offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds. That's an offer. You know, It doesn't come around so often, so sign up. For DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. You know, I love using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's been very easy to navigate, which is huge for me because I'm a dummy. Plenty of instructions for new bettors. Nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. You can try out like any sport. They've got it. It's really good. Um, you know, all my friends and family that have been using it, uh, like rave reviews, 
Very good stuff. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. If America wins a medal, that's ROSE, R-O-S-E, to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's get back to the show. How often do you think about the night in Texas where you helped clinch the San Francisco Giants' first World Series since moving west? Um, I guess subconsciously, like at least three times a day um, consciously only when people bring it up and then I get excited and we rap about it. And we talk about it. Getting the oh my phone God. Call. Who's calling hey, you? Sorry, man. I, I, I got to take this. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you left us in the middle of a. I know. Well, they're calling through, they're calling through my iPad. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> Can you hit the video button so we could see you again? Yeah. I just once. Yeah, there we, we are. Woo! Okay. Jeez. Hey. What a pro. Um, that was awesome. And we were. Oh, I really enjoy talking about that moment because honestly, it's still fascinating that it even happened. Everything was in slow motion. I'm sitting here facing one of the best lineups, probably arguably the best lineup in baseball. And I got a 3 2 pitch, and I'm like, all right, God, I'm just going to throw a cutter right now. Um, also, I am feeling really weird at the moment. So I'm going to need all the help I can get. I'm just going to try to throw a strike. I'm not going to get cute with it. And then the ball just like cut up and it looked like it went through his barrel. Cause the way he swung, I was like, Oh, he's going to get a piece of that. And then it just missed. I'm like, Oh my, we're, we just won the world series. But actually the best feeling about that was like all the weight of not winning a world series in 56 years. And it seemed at the time, this was going to be our only chance possible. Uh, so I, yeah, I love talking about it. I love thinking about it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Pretty surreal. You said you were feeling weird. What, what well, was weird? in that moment, everything was kind of slow motion. So I'm going, I'm, I'm doing my motion. I kind of bend down. I'm like, wow, it seems so silent in here. Um, and even, even in my head, it was just like singular thoughts going on. Looked in the dugout. No one was really looking at me. They were kind of looking at the, the hitter and thinking like, wow, we're going to win a World Series right now. I've dreamt of this. I even had a vision of this at the beginning of the year. And the weird feeling was it's actually happening. So what I mean by weird is we all have these dreams. And then when you're in the dream and it's happening in real life, that's a, that's a crazy feeling. Cause I think the thing that drives us the most is having a goal and trying to attain it. And then when you're about to attain that dream goal, which to me was, you know, growing up in the Northeast, winning a world series, the Red Sox hadn't won in forever. So it's not like I'd ever seen my team win anything. Then to be part of it and to see the dream unfolding, that was bananas. What was the parade like? Oh, man. The parade was so awesome. The streets were packed. All the buildings you could see, confetti, 
orange and black. You could see people screaming out the windows. Uh, there were a few fences, but they broke the fence down. It was like, oh no, what do I do now? I'm in the middle of the street. But it was so cool. We went to, um, I think it was, I don't know what it's called, the city square, the city center. And uh, there must have been like a million or two million people just packed. And deservedly so, because that city was on fire. We, granted, we had a great team. We had great managing. But the electricity of that city is really what sparked that World mm-hmm. Series. I mean, every single game, just people losing their mind. I mean, there were songs being written. We had uh, Steve Perry from Journey out there, Don't Stop Believing. Like, just from beginning to end, each game was amazing. Really fun. So earlier you mentioned that, you know, you could walk in Cincinnati or New York and be fine. But after you win that and you're walking through the streets of San Francisco, were you getting mobbed Were people wanting to take pictures with you, wanting to just hug you and thank you? Yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, I don't think I, I don't I wouldn't say I had a hundred percent success rate in being uh, chill about it. But I think a, a pretty close to 99% of the time, I was like, yeah, let's take a photo. Let me sign an autograph. What are we going to do? It's all, this is great. Uh, there was one in particular moment where I was at Sprinkles, a uh, little cupcake place. It was on chestnut in the Marina. And I, you know, I wasn't aware of what time it was. There's a, a large middle school across the street. Well, apparently middle school just ended for the day. And I'm in sprinkles. And then it was just like one kid, two kids. And then it was just a street full of children. I was like, you know what? Sprinkles on me. So everyone got cupcakes. For the most part, I think everyone got a picture. I was there for like an hour and a half, Um, which to me is fine because that's what you sign up for. You know, like you sign up for that. You can't really say, ah, no, 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 I'm too busy or uh no i don't really want to take a photo it's like yeah i mean i I think sometimes there's probably situations where maybe your mood isn't the greatest you are human but i believe for the most part that's what you sign up for especially in that city like just take the time because the reason why you are a baseball player the reason why it even exists is because of fans are you still close with a lot of your teammates from that championship team do you text with them do you keep in touch with them uh no does that make you sad (laughs) uh yeah it was fun i mean it was great you just had like a a bunch of brothers um but life went on i think more my choice i guess Uh, every once in a while you you'll talk to a teammate or, or two and and then san francisco does a great job of bringing back teams and and they do um like ceremonies so you'll, you'll see everybody there well when you i think you threw out the first pitch in 2018 in full uni by the way full oh, uni yeah which was cool that was the most nerve-wracking performance of my life ever yeah because you don't want to be remembered as the guy who threw out the first pitch and bounced it seven times or threw it away or like fell over you know, so I was feeling it and I didn't really have much warm up. Like I came out of center field and there was no bullpen then. I don't think. Not, not out there. Yeah. Along the sides. It was like a garden. Came well, out of the garden. 
I mean, I didn't expect 92 with cut to Buster. I think you did just fine. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're right. It did end up being a really good pitch. Form was good. Kind of it it actually it actually felt great. It was my first strike in forever. Was it nice just being back though? That oh, was great. I think that was the first time I was back officially. It had been a while. Um, but it, it felt really good. We didn't get the win. That's okay, though. Do you regret the way things ended in San Francisco? I mean, you can't do anything sometimes when you're injured and all that sort of stuff. But do you wish things were no, no, handled no. differently? No, I don't, I don't have any regrets or anything. I mean, I was injured. I uh, got injured 2012, was rehabbing. I think um, their best move was to release me. Otherwise, they would have had to pay me my third-year arbitration. So, no, yeah, there's no regrets. And there's no regrets for me continuing my dream and playing for another team, which so happens to be their rival. It's like, like okay, so should I not play baseball then? You know? It's like that was the only other team interested. So I played with them. And look at that. My teammate from the Giants right there. Oh, Uribe. By the way, is it true that he didn't wear a cup in the infield? How am I supposed to know? I wasn't cup check guy. <laughs> well, sometimes that gets around. I don't I don't think anybody wore cups. I mean, I thought cups like went out in junior high. Are you kidding me? David Price a few years ago had a line drive hit right at his onions. Yeah. And he was like, if I hadn't been wearing a cup, God knows what would have happened. And it, like, he's the only pitcher I've ever heard of wearing a cup. Like, I think the last time I wore a cup, I was 14. Yeah. I mean, the likelihood of getting hit in what you call the onions is very minimal. And I think that's just a risk we're willing to take. I'm wearing one while we're doing this chat. I just want you to know. Do you have the old school jock strap? I mean, Absolutely. what an invention. That's... Just like a band and two little side bands. What is that? It's brutal. It was fun back in the day. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, who was your best buds on the team back then? Who the guys you used Let's to hang with? Let's see. Uh, got along well with Linscombe. Um, me and Romo used to play a bunch of video games and get food from the gas station just because you cannot go wrong with a bear claw and bugles. I don't care who you are, or where you're at in life, texture, flavor. I'm not promoting blue bugles. I don't eat that food anymore, but at the time bugles at about 1130 after a game money and Swedish fish with probably a root beer. Uh, Zito. By the way, hold on before yeah. you go on that. When you and Romo, Pretty identifiable people up there in the Bay Area would walk into a gas station. What percentage of the time would the attendant know who you were? Oh, this was on the this was on the road. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. But even then, I think most people that we'd run into late at night weren't exactly baseball watching <laughs> people. <laughs> You know, it's like we're going into a gas station at 1130 to buy bugles and Swedish fish in a giant root beer, maybe a slush. 
wasn't getting recognized. Not even the slightest. Maybe like, whoa, 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 we should put uh, extra eyes on these guys because we don't know where they've been. Do you watch? I, I watched Sergio Romo last night. Still in his, I mean, he's almost your age and he's still doing it. Do you ever turn on the TV or want to watch one of your old teammates do something? Um, I haven't watched baseball in a long time. I think I watched uh, the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's about it. That's all the baseball I got in. Uh, only because, like, I like playing the sport. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily – I'm a fan of the game and I'm a fan of sports, but watching the sport on TV for me, I don't uh, – I can't find the excitement. Got it. Well, it's interesting. They're so long. They're so long. They are long. So long. Oh, my. Yeah. And now they're even longer. So would you – how would you be during a game when you were in the bullpen? Would it drive you nuts? Would you have to walk around, nervous energy? When would you get focused? All that sort of stuff. Oh, so uh, at home, the typical routine was we're downstairs for national anthem. So we didn't have a bullpen at the time. So all the pitchers – we're underneath the dugout. We had this like little grounds crew area with a TV and some like fold out chairs. So we'd congregate down there. Every time we'd score a run, we'd trickle up, we'd do our high fives and start dancing. And right around the fourth inning, I'd head up and we had a Japanese chiropractor by the name of uh, Haro. And he would stretch me, get my arm loose. Um, I'd have like a snack and I'd kind of just mosey around until the seventh inning then i'd come back down continue to watch the game then i'd go into the hitting cage i'd start throwing a baseball at the uh, the little l square i'd try to hit certain points and then provide him what the score was rigetti would come to the top of the stairs and you'd only see his legs because you couldn't see above and he'd say all right well you got it and uh from there I'd make my little walk up, peek my head out, and then run, and then and then go out there and uh, cause heart attacks. Or dominate. Or dominate, but still on the fringe of maybe this game could get out of hand. Because baseball's not easy. It is not easy. Not did, easy. You talk, did you talk to yourself on the mound? Did you give yourself a lot of pep talks? I don't think so. No. No. I mean, I'm sure I've talked to myself on the mound before, but that, that wasn't like, I wasn't like Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy was a big talker to himself. It was quite comical sometimes. It's not that he looked like an idiot. It was just, it was so fun to watch, especially when he was with the Padres. And he would just like, he wouldn't make a pitch. That he didn't like pitch that he had and he would just like he'd be the first critic he'd be all over himself but wow this guy's competitor so it's interesting you talked about moving on to the dodgers and one of the regulars on the chris rose rotation is one of your former teammates miguel rojas and so we oh, were like, yes great guy god what a wonderful human being. super good dude and yeah. justin turner yeah another former dodger we teammate. used to play uh settlers of Catan before the game that's what he said. Now, one other thing Miggy said was every time during the fifth inning, you would go into the cage and you would want him to feed the machine so that you could take batting practice. <laughs> yeah. So do you regret 
you know that I think you're 0 for 9 in your big league career. Is that like your biggest regret? No, uh, because I may be 0 for 9, but I've got two rings, my friend. <laughs> two. So for all those who do not have a ring and you have hits, congratulations. I also wished I had a hit. But I've got a sacrifice bunt against Derek Turnbow. So there you go. Chalk it up. Yeah. If you had, but I loved uh, it. Loved, loved, loved hitting. Um, there's just something sweet about the crack of the bat, especially in the cage, because you can say that every ball you hit is an absolute jack, because you <laughs> you don't know. You can't you can't prove it. So we'd have hitting games. Uh, actually, me and Linskin, we'd have. Um, no, we'd have pitching games. I'd have hitting games with Mad Bum, Clay Meredith. Oh, okay. No, not Clay Meredith. Sorry, uh, Clay Hensley. Clay Hensley. I have it at bat off Clay Meredith. It right. struck me out. He almost hit me with a slider. Very scary. Little sidearm, just and the catcher's like, "Oh, heads up!" I'm like, "Whoa, whoa what's going on right now?" Almost got yacked right there on the shoulder. Uh, Justin Turner had another story about you as a Dodger, so I want you to listen and enjoy. He just wasn't pitching well in the beginning of the year, and he got Thanks. taken out of a game after he he just given up a couple runs. And he comes in the dugout, takes his cleats off, his custom cleats, takes his jersey off, takes his hat off, takes his belt off. So he's basically in this cutoff shirt and his pants, and he takes everything and he slams it in the trash can. He's like, I don't deserve to be wearing this custom stuff. I deserve to be wearing Dick Sporting Good cleats. And from that day on, he wore like just generic like blue Nike cleats because he wasn't <laughs> pitching good enough to deserve to wear the cleats that he was wearing. Oh, classic. You that didn't job. earn those cleats, Brett. So when I talk about custom cleats, I actually hired a guy to paint my cleats. This is before like you could have before all the cleat game was going on, mm -hmm. he um, custom painted my cleats, which was very, very cool. But then, you know, I just wasn't pitching that well. So it's like, well, I don't deserve to be wearing these cool cleats. <laughs> I'm going to wear something else. Didn't you get fined a thousand bucks for wearing the orange cleats or something? Dude, that was so aggressive too because and i can call him out now but pablo sandoval was wearing the exact same cleats as me at third base the day i got fined <laughs> and it was the florida interim coach at the time that said something to the umpires and i was all jacked up then i gave up a i gave up a homer to dan ugla that <laughs> game too so i was like man Guy got me. Guy got me off my game. You only got fined so, the one time. Right? I decided to use a Sharpie. Um, yes. To color in the – actually, I I just wore those the other day. I think I have them around here somewhere. But you can still see, like, the Sharpie outline. What were you wearing Sharpie cleats for? Well, I still wanted to wear those cleats. So the rule made really baseball rule is i believe it has to be 50 to 51 percent your team color and our team color was not orange it was black right so i had to color in my cleats of what i thought was 51 percent black that's hilarious i was talking more about like around the house 
or were you going to oh. grocery shop? <laughs> oh, yes. Way to catch. <laughs> Woo! Way to catch that one, bud. Um, no, I pitched in them the other day. Oh, okay. How'd you throw? Good. I gave up a couple on Ernie's, but uh, it was it was good fun throwing some knuckleballs up there. So I love throwing it. Some, some waffles. Um, Ted I, would be, I would be remiss if uh, if I did not bring up something that will join the two of us together forever. And it was back on the cheap seats. I had pulled a fast one on you where Thank we were you. showing. Um, pictures behind me when we were doing this we were doing it back on skype and it was like good pictures of you pitching just still photos and then i'd mix in a bikini shot of a woman and you'd be like whoa what is that and i'd be like what is that what is what play dumb yeah, play and you were like look at that and so we had a little haha and laughs well the joke was on me a few weeks later when you joined us for this memorable moment what I don't know. I mean, they probably think that it's cruel to do. I like the look, although I think the dog. Hi. Whoa! Hey! What? What was that? <laughs> what was what? Dubs? What was that? <laughs> Time out. <laughs> the dubs coming? What? <laughs> <laughs> what are we laughing about? Fill me in. All right, that, that's just mean. That can ruin people's careers right there. For people that are audio only, that is the clip of the machine, and I highly suggest you get to our JM Baseball YouTube channel to check it out if you've not seen it. Also, rest in peace, Dubs. He passed away about three weeks ago. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. Hey, he had a good run. He was about 17, I think. Oh. So, good oh. dog. Not much of a guard dog, but uh, he he had his wits about him. I mean, do we have to keep showing the clips? That's enough. Actually, it's killing me. Do you know how much therapy I needed to get through? I, I couldn't imagine what was going through your head when that happened. Oh, my goodness. That was so fun. Was Good it times? Was it better? than you anticipated it being which put that little prank yeah oh way better way better yeah and i think the best part about it is never caught any negative flack for it i mean i had a literal dude in bondage walk behind my couch and it became a household thing in san francisco families like wholesome families would always be like, where's the machine? And the kids would be like, yay. <laughs> he became like a hero. Didn't they make a bobblehead out of the machine or it something? It wasn't they. I made a bobblehead. You made he's it. in the other room. You want one? No. Okay, yeah. That's a good answer. Good answer. The best part of the Later. machine <laughs> What, I think this was taped on like a Tuesday. I had a Giants-Padres game for Fox where I had to do the pregame show in San Diego four days later. I walk into the clubhouse, and most of the guys would say hi or whatever occasionally. I walked into the clubhouse, and everyone starts laughing. Everybody points their attention toward me, and said machine 
who had never said two words to me before, walks up, shakes my hand, and says, how you doing, Chris? I was like, I'm doing just fine. Doing fine. I've made it. It was, um, if that had happened today, how do you think, I mean, it would have been the, probably the most viral moment we'd had in baseball if it had happened today, correct? Probably, yeah. Humor is timeless. Yeah. What did, Bochy saw the clip. Yeah, I think if you were a human being at that time and you were affiliated with baseball, you probably saw that clip. Mm-hmm. A lot of different reactions, but for the most part, I loved it. Which was the, I wasn't thinking big terms. Uh, I was thinking, let me get Chris back. That's, that was about as far ahead as I thought. Yeah, I got something good for Chris up my sleeve for our little show on the internet. How did the conversation go with the, with the machine? Like, hey, I want to pull off this prank because I've got some close friends. And if they said, hey, I'd like to pull off this prank, it requires you being dressed in bondage. I'm not 100% sure I'd buy in, but maybe. Well, your friends didn't have that costume to begin with. So, of course, they wouldn't agree to that. This particular individual already had it. So I don't think <laughs> he could have said yes fast enough. <laughs> Do people still bring it up to you when they say, well, like when was the last time Absolutely. somebody said? Absolutely. Weekly. The machine is always brought up. And do you smirk and laugh about it? I love it. I love it. It's just funny. It's funny. So it's like 2010 World Series parade, 2012 World Series parade, all-star games machine. Probably in baseball rankings. Probably. Yeah, he's up there. Pretty amazing. Pretty good memory. (laughs) We'll always have that. Um, two other quick things before we get you out of here. Yeah. When was the last time you wore a World Series ring? I don't think I've ever worn it out. I've just like kind of put it on. Why is that? I don't know. I think <clears throat> I think where I grew up, no one cared what you did. So I had that mentality of like. I just had a different mindset. So I just never wore the ring because I didn't want to bring attention. But then um, the machine actually told me, he's like, pal, you earned that. You have have absolutely every right to wear that and wear it proud. And I thought, you know what? That's right. I am proud of what I've accomplished. I'm proud that I was part of a team that won. I should wear this. Granted, I haven't. Um, because they are pretty big. They're pretty big and they're pretty sweet. So I yeah, just maybe, fuck them away. Maybe not in LA, but the next time you go up for a San Francisco event, and I'm being serious here. I suggest you wear it because you will love 
the reaction you get from people. I, I've walked in Boston with Millar, and mm-hmm. he doesn't wear it because he's like, hey, I was an 04 champ and broke an 86-year streak. He wears it because people so rarely get to see something like that. And when you're as emotionally invested as we are as fans, and you're part of our story, man, it is something special. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a good perspective on that. Yeah, I'll definitely wear them. Who was the craziest teammate you played with? Who was the most fun? Like a lot of people probably say Brian Wilson was that guy for me. I loved playing with him. I never knew it was going to happen. Who was that guy for you? Well, we didn't have uh, too many crazies, but I think if everybody from that season or time period was to exclude me from that group, they would probably unanimously pick Aubrey Huff. It's a dangerous road to go down. (laughs) He was, there was just always something going on. It brought a lot of light and a lot of humor to the situation, especially the yard sale. Um, For those of you that don't know what yard sale is, let's say Chris or any other members of the media would walk in and they'd have their little notepads, like my notepads with my stats and stuff. Aubrey would just walk by and go, yard sale! Absolutely. Smash your notebook out of your hand. And then just point and go, <laughs> and just laugh. So really enjoyed those, um, especially on the road. Very, very fun. All I can say is on brand. On, yes, very on brand. That's all I can say. We're going to end today with spinning the wheel of moderately interesting things. So we have right. uh, varying topics, which you will answer. Don't worry, it's relatively harmless. And I'm not here to get you back for the machine. Don't worry. I can't even read. It is tripping, which is actually a good one for you. Where would you like to go on your next trip? Vacation. Always wanted to check out Bali. Definitely wanted to see the pyramids in Egypt. Great one. Just to be able to, I always wanted to go to the Istanbul market and also the Moroccan market in Marrakesh. But due to the bubonic plague going around, I think maybe Lake Powell or Antelope Valley. Where's Lake Powell? Lake Lake Powell is, I want to say it's Nevada, Arizona border. Okay. Yeah, I think you drive through Vegas to get there. Because there's some magnificent places here in the U.S. that are like little hidden gems. They're very close by. But if I had to, if all things were perfect, I'd probably try to choose Bali. Uh, great produce there and they have amazing uh, handcrafted furniture amazing yeah dude you seem you're like you're in a wonderful place i am happy for you uh 
I appreciated our friendship back in the day. We used to text a little bit more. Uh, I think I'd like to continue that, if that's okay with you, since we're both in the same town. Uh, wait, we're in the same town? Yeah, I've lived out here for 22 years. Where? Well, I'm not going to give out specifics. I don't want people <laughs> who hate me coming to attack me. Okay. That's I'll let you know. You'll let but me it, know. <laughs> I've lived here for 22 years. Okay. But, you know, I appreciate it. You gave your time back in the day on the cheap seats. You were always wonderful to interview. I still appreciate the dinner at Gary Denko, which you picked up the tab for, which what was a great awesome. Place. And uh, you were my kid's favorite player that didn't play for their favorite team, which was cool. They're now, they're now 20 and 15 to make you feel old. Thank you for that. Thanks for throwing that in there. <laughs> and they're both taller than you. So. Okay. Well, low key dig there, but I'll accept Not it. A, just a fact. You, you to, are uh, always. Just a fact. Just a fact, Brian. My kids are bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't throw the way you do. All the ones trying. I uh, hope you had fun, man. This was a blast a for me. Yeah, I had a good time. I will gladly come back on. Whenever. Man. And I, I'm sure that baseball fans around will be happy to hear that you're doing well and you seem like you're in a great place, dude. Thanks for Hopefully, hanging out. Maybe I'll be on their softball team one day. If so, make sure that Brian brings the World Series ring to show you one day. I will, yes. and I'll definitely have a hit, that's for sure. I'm not going hitless in softball. Absolutely. A big shout out to our producer, editor extraordinaire, Robbie Scirocco, our summer intern, Alden Stone. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.